0: Have you ever felt like a fraud that you don't measure up to other people? In today's episode of Live, Love, Engage, we're going to be talking with international wellness expert, Adri Kaiser, about how you can overcome imposter syndrome. And when you're done listening to the episode, I encourage you to go to liveloveengagebook.com where you will be able to pre-order a copy of my new book, Live, Love, Engage, How to stop doubting yourself and start being yourself, where you'll read about my spiritual journey and how I was able to use four divinely inspired steps to overcome imposter syndrome myself. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage, the podcast where we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. I am your host, Gloria Grace Rand, the insightful copywriter and founder of The Love Method. My mission is to help you stop doubting yourself so you can live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically. Namaste and welcome to Live, Love, Engage. I am Gloria Grace Rand and on today's show we are going to be talking about one of the things that I think that affects entrepreneurs from time to time. It's called imposter syndrome and our guest is someone who uh, helps women out with that. Uh, Her name is Adri Kaiser. So welcome, first off, to Live, Love, Engage, Adri.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Uh, Well, we are delighted to have you. And uh, I want to let folks know just who you are because you have uh, quite the impressive resume. She is uh, an international wellness expert who spent the past 15 years helping highly driven women stop feeling stressed and overwhelmed and start living a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life. And using her enlightened alchemy method, she has helped thousands of women worldwide achieve everything from reduced pain and stress to increased confidence and productivity And rather than drawing from only one modality, her extensive list of certifications, including NLP, coaching, and yoga, allow her to create a customized wellness experience for clients. Um, She's also a brand ambassador. She's worked with companies like Athleta and Larabar. And when she's not busy hosting retreats around the globe in exotic locations like Bali, Greece, and Peru, you know, normal normal places like that, Um, she's also been featured on iHeart Radio, Amazon Prime's The Focus, Thrive Global, and Authority Magazine. And she's also an author too, co-author of the best-selling book, Overcoming Adversity in Entrepreneurship. So that is a lot of good stuff. And I know... I guess one of the downsides of 2020 is I imagine you weren't able to have one of those lovely retreats this year, were you? No, but that's okay. I mean, I have my moment of like, oh, like everybody else. Yeah. But
1: it's postponed to next year. So I'm going next summer and it's, it's all good. It, everything happens for a reason, even if we don't like that reason.
0: <laughs> absolutely. absolutely yeah. yeah. As we're recording this, it is oh my gosh, it's like almost the middle of October. I don't understand. I, this time of year makes me a little, um, eh, because it's like the it, the end of the year just flies by. <laughs> it's like one minute's October and the next minute's Christmas. But anyway, what I want to, before we started talking um, a little bit about the imposter syndrome, first off, I wanted to ask you how did you get started? How did you get started uh, in the wellness area in particular? And um, what, what prompted you to become a, a coach?
1: You know, since I was a little girl, I always had this innate burning desire, is the best way I can describe it, to to make a difference. You know, I wanted to always fight for the underdog. I wanted to speak for those that couldn't speak for themselves, probably because I was the underdog. I being told multiple times you're not good enough. I could hear it. I hear I heard it through my childhood. It's something that stayed with me, whether I knew it or not consciously, mm-hmm. it was my main driver. I remember very clearly being in my in my yoga training, I'm in a group setting and this person comes in and talks about a specific Uh, opportunity to work at a really fancy location. And she invited the group to talk to her after, after class, if we were interested, I, that's the first, one of the many instances I dealt with imposter syndrome. Part of me was like, I can do this. You know, she, she's telling us, she's telling all of us because she probably thinks that we all are able to do it. But the other part of me is like, "Uh uh-uh, no, remember when you were told you can speak English very well or remember when you were judged by the way you look or remember when. So all this remember when, no, you're not as good as, but mm-hmm. guess what? So when I gathered all the energy I can gather to, to go and ask that question or find out more, this person goes like, oh no, this opportunity is not for you. It's for someone like so and so and so as she points out to my classmates. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe once again, here I am. You're not good enough. It did not matter how much success I had in my life. It didn't matter that I have traveled the world, leading trainings and retreats and workshops. It didn't matter that I speak multiple languages. All I could hear is you're not good enough too. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're not gifted enough. You're not flexible enough. All this, you're not good enough. And what I didn't realize at the time, and what many people don't realize today, is that that you're not good enough, or the imposter syndrome, all that negative self-talk that we have, keeps us in this emotional prison. The emotional prison that fuels that that inner critic, you know, that voice that tells you or compares you to everybody else, that yep. voice that that your ability to succeed, to overcome obstacles, to thrive, that that inner critic that that caused you so much pain and for me that pain led to chronic pain for over that decade what i've been very open about and i couldn't be open before was that as a child i was bullied and abused by a family member Mm -hmm. she made fun of me she pulled my hair she beat me up she called me names and and even though i bury the memory of being abused very deeply, my coping mechanism was to push harder, try harder, hold myself to unrealistic standards, probably trying to prove to myself and others that I was worthy, that I was good, but probably too just to just to make sure that I wasn't going to put myself in a position like that ever again. And just like me and, and anybody listening right now, we all have experienced painful moments in our life. And for some of us, the coping mechanism is turning to food, hoping that food will make us feel better or feel the void that we feel inside. For some people, it's waking up in the middle of the night, stressing and worrying about things they can no longer control or replaying things that happened in the past, right? Right. But the thing is that all these memories and all these emotions that we bury, set aside, put under the rug, hoping that out of sight out of mind, when we don't assimilate these, these emotions and memories, they get stuck in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And they will affect our physical, mental, emotional health, they will affect your finances, your relationships, and even your business. So my journey started actually from the need, from the decision of myself saying, I need to find. A better way to heal myself from this chronic pain because I was determined not to live the rest of my life taking medication like I was eating candy. So what did I do? I took charge of my health. I not only focus on healing the physical aspect or the physical pain, I focus on healing the mental and emotional aspects of myself. So that's what I've been doing for the past 15 years. And over this past 15 years, working with my clients, I found there are three major Actually, four major components to long-lasting health, happiness, and fulfillment. And they are, number one, physical health, how you take care of your body. Number two, mental wellness, how you perceive the world. Number three, emotional intelligence, how you experience the world. And number four, spiritual connection, how you feed your soul. So when we work, or when I work with my clients in this very holistic approach, that's when we begin to see long-lasting transformations, not just in their personal life, but in their relationships, their business, their careers, their finances, because the mind and body are interconnected. So I got started just because that moment when I said I wanted to probably find a voice for myself, but also I, I needed to... I needed to stop letting the imposter syndrome and I needed to stop the perceptions of other people's projected on me to be my reality Mm -hmm. because I realized that the pain of me not being the person I was meant to be, of me not fulfilling my purpose, my life mission, it was way stronger than the pain and the fear of being judged, being rejected and being criticized. So for anybody out there, if you're feeling like, Maybe you shouldn't do that, or maybe I'm not as good as that person, or who am I to do this? I hear you. I see you. I was there, and I know, trust me, sometimes it feels like this is never going to end. It gets better if you make that choice to make it better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I can relate to so much of what you just talked about. I mean, even even your story, too, because I know I was bullied as a kid, um, teased, and I just didn't know how to stand up for myself and in fact my my older sister used to give me a hard time because she's like you know why don't you stand up for yourself and I'm like "I, I don't know I just I they just hurt me um emotionally and I wasn't able to to do that but until later there were you know I came to a point where I finally was able to stick up for myself because I do think that there is still there is that we all have the spirit inside of us that realizes and recognizes that we are worthy we are valuable and um, even though outside forces might try to keep keep us down sometimes there's still that light inside of us that wants to come out. so I'm glad that you were able to find that for yourself and now helping other clients um, too and 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 I do think you're right with the mental aspect of it is is so crucial for, I think everything and how you in in you know taking care of your body and then being able to have a good business and or or just family life it all starts right here, <laughs> right there. Um, when you you work with um, women, how do well? Actually, let me let me ask you this: Do you do you feel maybe that imposter syndrome is more common with women in general at, at first? Do You know. Uh, that's a very hard
1: question to answer. The reason for that is maybe women are more vocal about it, mm-hmm. but men also, they also have it, you know? No, I'm not saying every woman, I'm not saying every man, Right. Uh, right. but uh, I think most of us or a lot of us have it at one degree or another during certain parts of our lives, right? So I think women... Um, because of these old patterns, this patriarchal idea that men don't cry, men are tough, men are... So they they struggle in silence. And I work with a lot of professional, high-driven women. They are very successful. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to them, I'm blown away to realize some of the self-talk or lack of self-esteem they have. And they cannot say it vocally or externally because they are in a position of, Authority, so Mm -hmm. they have they struggle in silence even more because they have to be tough in work at work or or in this corporate lifestyle that they live, so they can't show any sign of weakness. And I think it happens for men too. So I don't think it's gender is a a thing that happens Mm -hmm. based on gender. I think it's something that we all struggle with at one time or another. Now I can say that some people are more have a higher tendency to feel that way due to specific experiences in their life or relationships or how they were raised or cultural beliefs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that we all at this very moment, doesn't matter what happens in our past, our story doesn't define us. We all right here right now can make the choice to change it. I can give you an example. I remember very clearly uh, I, I was invited to teach a training in China, so I had to teach with a translator.
0: Mm.
1: And I have taught this material a million times. I know it like in the back of my head. Like, I, but part of me was like, "Am I ready for this? What are they going to think of me? Am I good enough to be here?" And all that voice, imposter like right. syndrome, kicked And I've been teaching for for a long time, so there was no reason for it. And I've done a lot of work, so I'm, I'm saying this. Because sometimes it sneaks in, you know, it's it's that moment. It's like, almost like I call it a test. It's like, are you sure you're finished? That you pull the weed from the root out, you know, like there's nothing left. And I had to take a deep breath and be like, you know what? I can do this. And it went fantastic, you know? So yes, there are moments where we all got to be tested. And it's in those moments of challenges and obstacles that we get to choose and rise above. That's when you get to see how strong you are. I always tell my clients and students, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only option when you cannot have any other way but to show up and do your work. Mm-hmm. So we all have it. We're never given more that we can handle, even though we may have our moments of, oh, I don't know. That's okay. That's part of our human experience. But that's when you find you know, the right support group, a mentor, a coach, family members, friends, the right people that are going to help you, elevate you and support you and not just be surrounded by naysayers or people that pull you down. Because when you're doing your best and when you're doing all that you can, you're never going to be criticized by someone that's doing as much or more than you are. The people that are criticizing you are the ones that, are projecting their stuff onto you. Right. So that their opinion really doesn't matter because they're not playing at the same level that you're playing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when someone comes to you and and you can see that this is what they're struggling with, that they're having, you know, they're doubting themselves and they're not doing it. Um, where What's like maybe the first step that you recommend people take in order to help them to be able to appreciate that they can do it? Because I know sometimes it's hard, I think, for people to still, you know, it's like one part of you like, yeah, 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 I know. But but then actually acting on it is, is different.
1: Yeah, so I work very holistically just because from my personal experience. So when I, I, the mind and body and emotions are interconnected and what affects one affects the other too. So when I see people that want to concentrate only in person, personal development or the mental work, but they're not moving their bodies, they're not exercising, they're not taking care of their physical body or they're not dealing with their emotions. It's almost like trying to sit on a chair with three legs. You know, it's not going to be stable. Right. So I, every time I work with people, I work simultaneously with all aspects. Mm-hmm. But more specifically, when I recognize that some type of uh, limiting beliefs, imposter syndromes are not good enough or stuff is a play, there are two things I do. One. I begin with the physical body, as I mentioned, the body remembers everything, everything that you ever experienced, said, done, eaten, slept, how much stress you have, how you deal with stress. So I give them stuff to start implementing right away to start taking care of their body. That also includes practicing yoga, meditation, Pilates, those mindful movements. Because when you're working with a mindset as well, and emotions come up to the surface, you have to move your body to be able to release and let go of all that stuff. Otherwise, those emotions stay buried. There's a reason when some people may be getting a deep tissue massage, and all of a sudden they start crying, or they're at a yoga class, and they start crying for no reason. For no reason. And when I say no reason this way, right. it's because they may not know what it was, but that's stuff that finally came up to the surface to be released. Um, one of the scenes for the mindset that I tell them, what is called clearing the canvas. Clearing the I define clearing the canvas as the process of releasing negative thoughts and patterns so you can cultivate positive uh, mindset moving forward in life. Mm-hmm. Right now everybody wants make more money, grow their business, lose weight, find their soulmate, all these scenes, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you, unless you do your personal work, your inner work, you may get those scenes and they go. So once you begin to really make changes in your the narrative of your story, when you begin to really notice what type of beliefs patterns are running in the background, that's when you're going to see transformations. So one of the things that I want to explain to people or that I want to share with all of you today is that on average, an uh, individual has about 70,000 thoughts per day. Mm-hmm. 70,000. Mm-hmm. Yet only 10% of those are original thoughts, meaning 10% right. are repetitions of the thoughts you had the day before, mm-hmm. a year ago, and so <laughs> forth, right? Yeah. And the more you think about the more it becomes a belief and your beliefs become your reality. Also, your belief begin to affect your neurobiology, meaning your beliefs will affect your body, your physical health. It's, it's, it's incredible how you can see how your cells will react to the thought patterns that you're having. Mm-hmm. When I explain this to people, they're like, oh, I don't know. I would say, well, think about a physical reaction Someone has after during a panic attack or an anxiety attack. You mm-hmm. know they get sweaty hands, heart palpitations, there might maybe gasp, gasping for air, or all these are very physical reactions to an emotional yeah. response, right? An, an emotional trigger. Mm-hmm. And the more you think about something, it becomes your belief, and that yeah. as you believe, you feel, and as you feel, you behave, right? Yes. So that's why when we are concentrating without knowing on negative things that negative patterns leads to negative emotions that leads to stress, lack of sleep, some type of imbalances in your body and leads to action or lack of action. It's almost like being on a hamster wheel due to limiting beliefs that leads to the same action. So one of my clients the other day asked me, Adri, why do I continue to do the same things even when I know better? The, the reason is limiting beliefs, right? So until you become aware of what's going on, nothing can change. So one of the things I give people that can do right away, anybody listening right now can do it as well, is start a journal practice. And when I say journal practice, I see a lot, half of the room when I'm doing this in, in person, half of the room is like, yes! Mm-hmm. And is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sure, uh-huh. <laughs> well, let me explain why this is important. Because when, as I mentioned, we have so many thoughts, we cannot keep track of them. If I ask you, Gloria, tell me the last 50 thoughts that you had. You're like, uh, uh, you might tell me two, three, <laughs> but <not> 50, <laughs> little yeah. than 70,000, right? So when you begin to journal every day or every few days, whatever your the, the schedule is going to be for you, you can go back once a week or once a month and read what you've been writing. And you're gonna find patterns. You're gonna see, oh my gosh, the entire month I complain about everything or the entire month I complain about this thing or the entire month I was doing whatever. So once you find those patterns, it's almost like shining the light, right? It's like when your limiting beliefs are running the background without you knowing, it's like being in a room that's dirty and messy, but you don't know because the lights are out. The moment you turn on the lights, you see the mess, you see the dirt. So writing in a journal and seeing those patterns is like turning on the switch because awareness is key. You cannot change something. You don't know that it's changing. One of the things I created as, um, to work with my clients and because everybody wanted it, I created a free PDF. It's called Finding Your Bliss from Limited to Limitless workbook where it's super easy. It's a, a, a free PDF that it has a couple of questions and exercises to begin to turn on the lights. So you notice what are some of the limiting beliefs that you have? And then you can decide, am I going to do something about this or am I just going to continue to live the way I've been living? Some people are married to their story. As much oh, as yeah. they want to change the pattern when it comes down to it, They don't want to change it. So these limiting beliefs, uh, sorry, this from limited to limitless, find your bliss playbook, it will give you the tools you need to figure out some of the limiting beliefs and then to take action. Mm -hmm. That's that's a super fast, simple, oh, one thing I want to say, it has been scientifically proven that when you journal, you will begin to train your brain to see the positive what many people are surprised to hear is that our brains are hardwired towards the negative. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. If you have 10 experiences today, five of them are neutral, four are positive, and one is negative. Chances are that you're going to concentrate and think about tonight or the rest of the day, tonight, tomorrow on the negative event. Oh yeah. Because that's what our brain does. So, Mm By journaling or doing a, we can call it gratitude journal as well, you begin to, A, train your brain to see the positive. Two, it begins, again, scientifically proven, it begins to improve your sense of wellness or well-being and even self-esteem, right? And also when you stay, enter three, when you enter a state of gratitude, I truly believe that gratitude is one of the most simple yet powerful practices that we can do because it will shift your energy, it will shift your mindset, it will shift even the way you feel, it will change your biology as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And and if anyone is listening and doesn't believe really how, I mean, you've, you've explained it perfectly about how our emotions really do affect our body, but Google the um, water experiment, because there was, you know, I loved, the first time I heard about this years ago, I was just blown away, but but someone, they found that, what was it, ice crystals, I think, or something that if they talk to them in a certain way with, you know, loving words, the the chemical composition changed. It, it just, they created these beautiful crystals, whereas opposed to if they were, you know, talking negatively about them, it was, you know, just all you know, jumbled up. And I think they've done this with like plants even too, you know, kids talking nice to plants and seeing them grow and then, you know, kids ignoring them or whatever, and then they die. So it's, we're all based on um, our our heart and mind are connected. And in fact, it's even been shown that our heart has like neurons in it that uh, that really does send messages out to the rest of the body and so if your heart is sad and you know upset then of course that's what's going to get translated into your body as well. I love that you mentioned that because it is true people think we we live in today's world we live
1: in our brains thinking mm-hmm. that the brain is the one in charge of the whole everything right right but the truth is that the 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 energetic field around the heart is sixty times larger than the brain, and the heart sends signals to the heart to the brain for the brain then to do the hormones and release all these different things in the body. So right there, we can ex- we can realize that the heart sends information to the brain, and the brain then acts. The other thing is that people think that we only have feelings in our chest, in our heart, right? But we experience feelings throughout the entire body. Yeah. That's why very important as well, to not only think about eating healthy and exercise, which is great. yeah, so those are fantastic things to to um, help improve your physical health, mm-hmm. but that's no enough, right? You need to also practice self-care. You also have to uh, figure out ways to manage stress uh, in healthy ways. But in addition, oh let me let me go deeper in this. When I mentioned self-care, people think passages, getting my hair done, nails done. Right. Or this is a luxury. For me, especially for any business owners out, out there, self-care is mandatory. It's a necessity. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity, right? Why? Because self-care is not just about massages and day spa and all this stuff, which all are great. But self-care is also saying no. is setting boundaries. is right. doing some of the dirty work, which means like uh, doing, you know, figuring it out. What are some of the stuff, the baggage that you've been carrying or doing the the inner work and facing stuff that you want to face or managing your checking account? You know, all these different things are part of self-care. But in addition to that is realizing that what you watch on TV, what you read, the music you listen to, the people you are surrounded, you surround yourself with, how you even keep your environment, all that affects your Energetic being, mind, body, and emotions. If you are in a room that's cluttered, that is heavy, it's going to be he- hard for you to concentrate and feel good. But if you are in a room that's clean and light and vibrant and, and airy, then it's, you feel the same way as well. So that it's not just mind, body, and em- emotions and spiritual connection, but it's also our surroundings mm-hmm. will affect us. And our inner world will be reflected or, yeah, actually our external world will reflect back what's happening in our inner world. So when you work on yourself to change and improve yourself, your outside world also improves as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, it's funny. It was like last week, I I actually took some time and cleaned off my desk because it had gotten way too cluttered and I had all these folders on the corner. And so I actually have a book on feng shui. And so I, I use that and and it's like, ugh, it just feels so much better now. It's it's, you know, I just have a few things on there and they're things that I like and that make me happy. And it's so much better. And it really does. It's like I can be more productive now because of just changing those little things in the environment. Oh, and and one other thing too, the journaling, I so agree and it is so important I actually haven't heard anybody really talk about reviewing it before, and so I love that you said to do that—to go back in and watch and look at the patterns. It's so funny. I actually stumbled across an old notebook today. It was actually had a lot of stuff about my kids when they were little, but then I found one page in there of, and this was from 2008, talking about me and my weight and like, oh, you know, why am I, you know, when am I ever gonna? I, I really don't want to put this weight back on, or, and I really enjoy being a size six, and or something rather and I was like oh, yeah interesting so I've gotten better with that but it's um but it is interesting that that's definitely I know I've probably journaled about my weight for years and years because I've had issues with that and um and still occasionally um but but getting, you know, but, but getting better and I'm I'm and I'm am being more uh, intense intentional with you know doing the things all the things that you were kind of talking about today and paying attention to that
1: and some people don't realize that the weight gain sometimes is not about how much you eat is also emotional oh yeah some people are carrying weight as a protection mechanism mm-hmm. sometimes it's all that burden that we that people carry that keeps them from losing weight and once they let go of that the 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 pounds begin to come off the body Is it's incredible. So yeah. there are many things. Again, the mind, body, and emotions are connected. And one what affects one will affect the other too. So when you start working in one area and simultaneously or soon enough start working on the other, they, mm-hmm. they begin to help each other.
0: Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you and um, I'm curious about is what, of everything that you do, what is... What is your favorite? What, what what lights you up the most about what you do? It's such a hard question because for me, it's been an evolution. You know, it was like a stepping
1: stone. And I started because of my chronic pain. I, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. So my chronic pain of over a decade, even even though it was very physical, it was 100% emotional. Mm. You know, it it was those years of being of very memories and emotions of being abused. And then when I moved to the U.S. and being singled out and profiled by the way I looked and sounded and being called stupid, ignorant immigrant, even though I went to law school for a couple of years, you know, so all the scenes that I suppress and repress were in my low back. And I know this because when my son, I was playing with my son, he was about seven or eight years old. And something triggered all those memories because I could, like, I didn't live my life thinking, you know, for me, I was abusing and and talk about it. I completely, completely blocked it out. Mm -hmm. So when that came, those memories came up. My entire back went, like, boom! Like it was, like, I I could see the correlation.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, so, to answer your question, I started practicing yoga to help me find relief from pain. But yoga helped me not only with pain, but then it took me to all these different paths, which is coaching, NLP, Ayurveda, crystals, essential oils, and all the stuff I got gathered in my arsenal mm-hmm. were since the tools I used to heal myself. Mm-hmm. So, when you ask me what's my favorite, it's really hard. Like I can tell you, I love teaching. I love teaching yoga. I love teaching about topics that are related to mindset and wellness and coaching. So teaching is my passion. And when it comes to sharing and teaching about mind, body, and emotions and spiritual wellness, that's my passion. So sometimes people come to me for yoga because they know me and they know me I've been doing this for a long time, but when they're ready for more, they start getting other stuff. Even though in my own yoga classes, I still teach my style is very unique and that's why I call it enlightened alchemy because Mm -hmm. it's it's a combination of physical and energetic alignment, positive psychology, NLP, Ayurveda tools, Pilates stuff and energy work. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's what helped me. That's what has helped many of my students and clients. So it's almost like asking me, what's your favorite child? (laughs) But I can say, Teaching yoga makes me come alive, but coaching also makes me come alive. It's just seeing, seeing firsthand the the transformation that happens. That's that's what I wake up in the morning every day. Like it's, I'm so grateful and excited that my journey has taken me here. I. Always wanted, as I said, when I was five years old, I wanted to make a positive difference in people's life. And for a while, I thought it was lo- through law school, mm-hmm. which it didn't happen because I moved here to the U.S. But I ended up doing that just in a different way. Mm-hmm. And my back pain, do I want it back? No, but it was such a blessing in disguise because it led me to really find my voice find my passion, heal myself, and then turn it around and help others in the process.
0: Absolutely. Well, that, it, it totally makes sense. And I, and I think, you know, being that you enjoy doing the yoga and and coaching, really, I think they're both about creating transformations in people. So I think that's ultimately what your favorite thing is, I suspect. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which
1: comes, I don't know. But yes, it's it's through it's through movement. It's through yeah. mind, body, and movement. Yeah. I call it, you know, let's not call it yoga, let's call it movement medicine. Because mm-hmm. some people when they hear the word yoga, they think, oh, I'm not flexible enough, I'm right. too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. But again, the like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So let's call it movement medicine, right? Because it's about moving your body so you can Really feel better about yourself, so you can really let go of some of those heavy burdens that you've been carrying. So you can let go of the negative self-talk, so you can change the story that you're telling yourself. So you can really boost your immune system and love your body. And so the medicine movement or the movement medicine is is all about inner healing. So it's not about hey, let me let me exercise to to get ripped, which right. is fantastic if that's your <laughs> Gold, gray, but more than that, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned earlier um, the PDF that you have from um, people. So where, how can uh, folks get that if they want to be able to?
1: Yes, um, I can send you the link, but also if they go to my website, com forward slash free dash gifts, they should get it in there, AdriKeiser.com forward slash free dash gifts. Um, they should have some free resources in there it's it's been very powerful for people I recommend that once you find some of these limiting beliefs then take action because nothing will change unless you decide to change Mm -hmm. knowledge is power so once you gain that knowledge then action is the next step right and the next step is either doing your personal work is either getting those group the, uh, those programs that you need to be getting, hiring a mentor, a coach, finding somebody to help you. But I will highly suggest as well to, to find some
0: some movement that is medicine for your mind, body, and soul. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I one of the things I, I miss is that I used to dance when I was a kid and I, I took ballet, tap, and jazz. And um, I know a couple of months ago, I was doing something and I wound up uh cleaning my office. Yeah, and I put on some music and then I wound up once the office was cleaned, I, I wound up dancing around my office. And it just it was so much fun just to do that. And I forget how much I enjoy that. And once we get done with all this um social distancing and mask wearing outside, I would love to be able to find some place where I can go dance because I don't really want to dance with a mask on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we'll be able to do that next year sometime. Um Let's see. Um, oh, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about is um, now you mentioned that you're looking at doing some retreats next year. And how I know is how do you generally work with people? Do you do um, do you work with folks one on one, or do you do group programs, or combination, or
1: I do a combination?
0: So yes, I have
1: some private clients. I have some group coaching programs online. I have an online studio with yoga, Pilates and meditation classes mm-hmm. uh, and energy work. So when I work with my clients, as I mentioned, I, it's, it's all comprehensive, right? It's, com- it's holistic. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Even if we're doing one-on-one or group coaching, I give you access to my online studio. So you move your body. Mm-hmm. I We do uh, mindset work. We do NLP work. We do energy work we do meditations we do all these different things according to what my my approach is very customized Mm -hmm. so once and i move very intuitively so it's not like one size fits all even when we do group programs Mm -hmm. it's customized to the people in the group so it is very interesting to see there are times where i have multiple clients in a week and they don't even know each other, and the theme of the of the sessions, of the scenes the that they're sharing with me, they tend to be similar. So let's say imposter syndrome. I may see five people this week, and all of them are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So it's very interesting how that happens. Um, but yes, I work with them online. Um, many of them come to my retreats Next year we're going to Ar- to, to Santorini in India, uh, so we every place changes. So the, according to what they want to do, uh, they have definitely access to me in many many
0: ways. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being here and sharing your lovely energy of that you have, and as well as the information that you shared with us and all of our listeners and viewers on YouTube. I really appreciate it. It was. Uh, uh, a breath of fresh air. And I know that you have, I'm sure helped some folks out there today. And uh, as well, just a reminder, everyone to make sure that you go to Adri's website, I will have that information in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me
1: and everybody out there, you know, you have what it takes. All All you need is to make a decision, even no making a decision. Is making a decision, right? So mm-hmm. if it's known now, when, right? We always say, I will do this when that happens. I will do that when that happens. Well, what about if we start today, one foot in mm-hmm. front of the other, right? The 10,000 step journey started with the first single step. So today, you make the decision to make yourself a priority, to take charge of your physical, mental, and emotional health because you're worthy, you're deserving. Stop comparing yourself to others because you're unique.
0: No one else is like you. So the world needs more people like you. Absolutely. That is for sure. I couldn't have said it better myself. So take that to heart. And because now there is no better time than right now to to do that. So thank you all for watching. I hope you'll tune in to our next episode. And until that time, as always, I encourage you to live fully love deeply and engage authentically one more thing before you go as a valued listener of the live love engage podcast i want to help you shine your light in the world not only while you're listening to the show but all day every day of the week that's why i created the live love engage spiritual awakening community on facebook It's a place for you to gather with other business professionals and entrepreneurs who are committed to living the life of their dreams. If you want to be a part of this community and receive free trainings from me, go to LiveLoveEngage.com and request to join. That's L-I-V-E-L-O-V-E-E-N-G-A-G-E.com.